0: Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to the Modern Caveman Podcast, brought to you by Primal Goods Company. This week on the show, we have our good friend and our soul brother, Mr. Tuan Lam. Uh, Tuan is one of the most deep and amazing people that I know, that we know. Um, He is very present. You can feel it when he talks to you. He looks into your eyes and you know that he is right there with you the whole time. Tuan invited Yoni and I into his home in San Francisco. He has a beautiful home with beautiful things that all have an amazing energy about them. I think that's why this conversation was so powerful because the environment in which Tuan has built around himself is uh, is quite beautiful and it's a, it's a really positive space. Um, in this episode, we talk about Tuan's journey coming to the United States as a child, uh, the projects that he's working on, some of the cool things that he's been up to. Um, we also talk about a couple of Tuan's mantras that I'm a mantra guy. I wanted to, uh, to really point out. Um, and they are to listen to the whispers and to do it now. Um, two things that Tuan has inspired me to bring into my daily life and that Yoni and I have been really working on practicing, um, on the day to day. So, Enjoy the show. Give it a listen. You can keep up with Tuan at GoInspireGo.com and GoInspireGo on Instagram. He also has a really awesome new YouTube channel um, called Style Your Spirit, where you can learn about some of the styling things he's doing with his home and how you can get the Tuan vibes uh, going on in your space. Um, As always, if you guys have any feedback or comments, feel free to shoot us a message on Instagram. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. We really do appreciate all of you so much and thanks for listening. Much love. Enjoy the show. Bye.
1: Hi. Thank you. I love you guys, my soul brothers. We love you. Yeah. this beautiful tea. I want to taste Yeah, I'll give you this tea. So it's green tea from um we stayed at this beautiful boutique hotel called the Inca Terra. It's at the foot of the um, uh, Amazon in Aguas Calientes. And that's right at the foot of the Machu Picchu. And one of the things that we were able to do was go out and um, pick organic tea and dry them. And that's what you're drinking. Straight from the Amazon. And then I just threw some like flowers... Edible flowers and rosebuds in there just to give it a little bit of flavor because I'm a little extra sometimes. (laughs) Mm. Tell us a little bit about the space, how you created the space that we are sitting in, and your thought process behind it. Oh, so it is really an emotionally charged question because I just realized as of the last two weeks that I've always been sort of embarrassed yeah. and there was a lot of shame energy and uh, shame is like the lowest vibration of energy uh, because you're not truly who you are Um, but when we grew up uh, we were super poor and so I was always embarrassed to have people come to my home and um, now it just brings me so much joy to have people filled up here so my home is essentially a collection of things that I've um, found uh, along my travels. Um, there's stores, a couple of high-end places, you know, s- just randomly stuff that's found, been found on the street. There's a story in everything you see here. It's the story of my life. But I feel like, um, I heard a designer say this before that your home should rise to meet you because everything that happens around you. And in your space is a reflection of what's happening inside you. So hopefully it brings, when you guys first came here, Matt gave me one of the best compliments ever. He's like, the energy is amazing here. And I'm also very mindful of like, while I like physical beauty. I'm an artist and I love nature and all that. When somebody says, oh, um, I love the chair or I love your cashmere sweater. That's just some sort of a thing. But instead, uh, you know, when people say, I love your sense of style. You know, or I love how you curated this. That speaks to more of a depth in, uh, you, who you are. You know? So this place, yeah, there's just stories from everywhere. Like the rug back there, the sheepskin is from New Zealand. These, uh, poofs, these colorful pink and brown poofs are, um, old Afghani rugs that were turned into little poofy poofs. That's a Moroccan rug over there. Matt's sitting on a, a Peruvian rug and a pillow because his, um, he says he needs to be a little bit more elevated. We're all sitting on the floor because I just was like, where do you guys want to sit? If we can sit on the floor, it just feels much more grounded. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that's my place. And I just, I love entertaining people. I love, um, just having this. It's a womb, it's my sanctuary. And it's a place where I just feel like when I come home that, um, it's not just like an apartment or house, it feels like home. And that's the way I feel like when I'm around you two, really. And so that's, I'm very honored to chat. And, you know, I don't know why anybody want to know about my story, but, you know, <laughs> but um, I'm happy to chat about, you know, whatever you guys want me to chat about. But thank you for coming here and blessing my home with y'all. Anna J. No,
2: it's great when I walk in. It just feels very um, welcoming and everything has a purpose. You know, there's no.
1: Hmm. It feels really good. You know, I like that you said that. Thank you. And um, I just did a little tutorial video on how to choose flowers at the farmer's market. Because friends have asked me, like, how do you choose flower? Can you come with me to choose flowers? And I'm like, that's so basic. Like, right? I just think, oh, everybody, like, it's easy for me. Or um, there's a Japanese art of, I have the notes somewhere, but um, there's a Japanese art of flower arranging that a lot of the Zen uh, masters or Zen people teach. Um, and it's just about essentially being mindful of flower arranging. And sometimes my friend of mine went to this um, Zen uh, flower arranging class as a part of this like mindfulness meditation retreat. And it sh- you were only to pick three flowers and only have one snip of each flower and you would arrange it. I think it's called like ich- Ichiban or something like that. Um anyway, um uh, but it's just a Japanese uh way of uh style of arranging flowers that's rooted in like culture and ancestry and it's just gorgeous because you have only one clip and wherever you place it is wherever it stays. And I try to take design concepts and interiors because I'm just obsessed over them um because it's because of my deep love for stories um and think about how that is I could take that life lesson and and insert it into the design of my life. So the physical and the internal. And um, it it just makes me think about, for example, like when I'm cutting carrots, just cut the carrots. You know, when you're in the shower, where all your greatest ideas come when you're in the present moment, right? And you're showering and you're feeling the water and the lavender body scrub. I use a little salt scrub with lavender. It's amazing. And just like... Breathing it in and just taking my time to just feel the water, the warmth, and the steam versus like, oh my God, I have a meeting, I have this podcast to do, I have the motivational speaking thing to do, or I have to go like do laundry, uh," you know, it's just like being in the present moment, so. I love how Japanese cultures have one
3: word that means, quite a paragraph in English, it's like a
2: word that sums up an ideology. Um, Mm. I heard one the other day called, I think the word is is
1: Sudoku. Yeah, Sudoku. Or, okay. Sadookie, what's that? <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I have it on the post it okay. on my laptop because
2: it basically is it's one word that sums up having a pile of unwork, unfinished or work to do and being okay with still having that pile there. It could be books to read, mm. things to write, or emails to send, um, but being at peace with that pile and knowing that it's there and that's just part of it.
1: It's sort of like the uh, concept of wabi sabi that we had talked about. You right I guess so, man. Thank you, sir. Well, Ok, so wabi-sabi is essentially is something that I told Matt I was excited remember I got this book called Wabi-sabi Welcome and I later bought and gifted to my mother. I know. Wow, no, that's so awesome. But essentially wabi-sabi is a, it's it's just it's the Japanese philosophy of finding the perfect in the imperfect. And you'll see in terms of design um all of nature is wabi sabi because it's natural and it's real. And so, in my home, you'll see like there are a lot of natural linens um, in my home uh, and fibers, like this alpaca rug you're sitting on, or you know the wool, <laughs> the other wool rug that's rolled up over there. Um, so, from linens to um, to even metals to the wood here, the wood grains on this that I love and adore so much, and that's all natural because you know what I've learned is that. Um, man, I call it man, but woman, human beings can never compete with nature in design because nature is what's, you know, it's natural and what's real and what's amazing. It's, that's true art. And we can sort of manufacture and try our hard to wrap our, our minds around like creating something that is like nature. And that's where we draw that experience. But, uh, but uh, one of the beautiful things like pottery, you'll see a lot of pottery in here too. Um, and... Uh, what I love so much about the, the Japanese pottery is that it's so wabi-sabi. It's like, I love how the edges are raw and the, the you look at the cup or bowl from the top. It's like sort of warped and not perfect, but it's perfectly imperfect. And, um, I forget the name of it, but when, when pottery breaks in, you know, in Japan, a lot of people, the, um, a lot of the people that are super present and the real artists really just um, will glue it with this like gold glue to show the, the, how beautiful it is, even in, in the broken state. And I think in, in our spirit, I think sometimes we feel so broken and we don't know where to go. But if you just really turn inward, there is that inner GPS that guides us personally, professionally, and spiritually. Um, that is such a beautiful thing, and I think you just have to sit and be present and aware, just like we are now. That's why this conversation is really just not a conversation. I've been interviewed a lot, or I've interviewed a lot of people in my career as a journalist, but um, to sit and like be totally present with two other beautiful people in my life that I like love and adore—it's just like this is like what's real and what's awesome. Yeah. I love how everything you do is
2: so deliberate. Like before we put the mics on, well, tell us about the the little preparation that you. You prepared know, the space before we
1: sat down? Well, I was just asking you guys if you knew what Palo Santo is. I like to just, I love candles. So um, I, um, you know, I always ask people, like, oh, you know, um, you know, if you do, when I see a candle at, in their home, I'm like, oh, what's the story behind that candle? Um, like, or oh, where'd you get it? Or why do you love it? And it tells a lot about who the person is, like, inside. Um, but to me, a candle, it brings a different energy when you light it it sets the atmosphere, like you said, um, in the room, um, there's an amazing scent, um, to it as well. But, you know, I often ask people, so how do you take care of your candle? You know, and people are like, what do you mean take care of your candle? You just light it. And I'm like, no, there's actual candle care as a thing where, you know, you have to cut the candle a quarter of an inch before you light it. So it doesn't get all like smoky and the flame doesn't go out of control and doesn't turn the the vessel that it's in, all black and charred, um, then you're supposed to let it burn the first time, like all the way to the edges. Otherwise, candles have memory and it tunnels. And if it does tunnel, there's a trick that I do that you just wrap a foil around the outside of it and give it a little space at the top, and it'll the heat from the side will melt it again to rec- recorrect it. But in terms of yeah, to flatten it back out. Um, otherwise, it tunnels, 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 and you not only lose burn time, you lose money, too, right? And so, um, you know, I ask people, like, how many of you guys, like, take care of your candles? And they're like, what? No. But that's also, if you think about, if you're not present about certain things like that, where a lot of people I know have candles, and I bet you a majority of people do not, not don't take care of their candles or don't know how, but what aren't we taking care of inside, what, you know, like this conversation, for example, like the fact that we're having this conversation, we're taking care of, we're doing inner size. You know, we exercise our physical body, but this is also part of like the inner size and the being present. I also lit some Palo Santo, which is like holy stick um that's originated from South America. And that is made out of, um it's the same family as like frankincense and myrrh. The old wise men use it for to give to baby Jesus when he was born, um, but that is just energy. It clears the energy in the room. It uh, really helps also release the stuck energy, and it also wards off evil spirits. At least that's what like shamans and and you know, and and people think the Pachamama people think. So anyway, so I just set my intention of having a really like awesome, co- not just a con- like a conversation, but a way for us to really connect on the deeper level and to share this internal and external beauty with people
4: so inspired by one's lifestyle and Toran's living, it's, it's so cool and as Matt said everything in here has a purpose and a story and it's just so cool and the amount of care that you put into everything that you do and then it, it reflects in your own life and it reflects in your soul, and it reflects in your presence. Mm-hmm. They like were so we were so excited to get in here and talk to you, and we knew that you
1: don't you don't need a Mandarin, we don't need to mm-hmm. think about, we don't need, we need to do anything. <laughs> to yeah, because I asked you, I was like, "Hey, how do I prepare?" And you're like, "We just talk." And I'm like, you know, as coming from being almost a decade in, you know that as a tv reporter and i co-hosted a show on pbs it's like everything is so structured and so i'm also learning as i get older to unlearn things and yoni i mean like i give you credit for we had lunch a few weeks ago and i've been really stuck and uh, about you know this creative creative kind of project that i'm working on i don't call it project but i call it like a passion project or lifestyle thing and like you helped me like clear you know, the way and, and be more wabi-sabi because something you said really stuck with me and I shared it with a lot of people and I don't want to get all emotional talking about it, but it really like stuck with me and I'll remember it forever. But you were like, you know, Twine, you're in the flow like 90% of the time and like 10% of the time, like when you think of the how you get stuck. And I just made me think, God, how many times do we get stuck in life, you know? And it's funny that you mentioned that because yesterday I just did um uh, a little video showing you know, my viewers, audience people, like, um, I was like, okay, so I'm going to let you guys see something that i never posted on social media, or never showed the world because it's such a sacred place. And it's my bedroom. And it's not only my bedroom, but it's my bedroom, like unmade, you know, like my, my sheets, uh, weren't made yet and everything. And I was like, and I make my bed every morning, because there's a lot of different aspects of health that, that it distresses stresses you. It, um, it's, perp- when you do it with purpose, um, it, you, if you're a goal-driven person, you just feel like, oh my gosh, what else During the day, can I do to accomplish your, or have the sense of like accomplishment or fulfillment or impact? Um, and then just going to your sumptuous bed at night when it's made is the energy is so much better and clearer than just like going back to some, you know, your pillows all strewn on the, you know, side of the bed and you're, you know. Uh, and your sheets everywhere. Um, but um, I just did a little video on how the importance of making your bed and and physically and, and spiritually inside of you. Um, and to, you know, in terms of launching this this Gulp project thing that I've been so, um, not ashamed of, but it was rooted in that shame we talked about earlier. Um, you were, there was like a handful of people that have, I've listened to the whispers in the last, you know, you uh, know, couple of weeks to, to finally like launch this this life and style kind of design project so i thank you for that and making me aware so to be a part of it
4: and i'm also i'm, I'm stoked to, to see what kind of tips you want to share because i know you have so many you have so much knowledge in this area and it's like international knowledge and universal knowledge that mm, you bring the table. thank you and this is not something that i just noticed it's something that Effie noticed, and mom noticed the mm. first time she met you um a lot of other people that we know and i just feel like it's so you mm. and to hear you a couple of weeks saying like you know and i'm not just saying like
5: perfectionism and you like to do things in really high quality this is like where you come from yeah
4: like on a big scale like he, in this day and age, we just want to hear your, your like, give us this energy, give us this mm, knowledge. Thank and, you. And you, you know, it's people want to get together with you just to like, so take your energy,
1: oh thank you. In, into their lives, mm. like, rise again and thrive again. Oh, thank you. It's true. It's true, and you know, just us being here, I feel like I'm already like getting recharged. You know? oh. The second that we're you outside. Oh, thank you. Being you. Thank you that note, you know, I love I love
4: for you to share with the listeners kind of like your journey mm. so as I said, like you you come from like you start in like a same place where you were mm. poor, and you can talk more about how you have lived and where you came from and how all this journey you derived in this place that yeah. people cannot currently see, but they can follow you in mm. your channel and kind of get a feeling for the space you're living in, your energy. And mm. what you want.
1: Thank you, I re- I receive that. Thank you, guys. Um. You know, I uh, believe that we all, you know, do things and react to things because of what's has been because of our journey, you know, and what's been done onto us or our experiences. And, um, I sort of had a sordid start to my life because, um, I was, we're, um, I need to do the twenty three meeting to, to for show make sure what we are, but my, you know we 've been told that oh we 're basically you know mostly Chinese, and maybe there is some sort of some sort of other you know perhaps maybe like French or European something or something that is much more of like you know um, not from so- like the so- Southeast Asia area because um, some of my family members look hapa, you guys know the term hapa. Hapa is just uh, I believe it's derived uh, from the Japanese word like your it's a, it means like you're part like Asian and part white or part some sort of Anglo something, um, but anyway so anyway so we were born in Vietnam uh, from my understanding we're mostly Chinese and my parents. Um, you know, had a sort of like a, a, I was told like a cast iron nail or construction company. And so they really worked really hard. They did really well. We had help. We had the nice home and everything. And I was eight months old when we were born. But after the fall of Saigon um, in the seventies, uh, the communists took over and my parents were like, well, we want our kids to have a chance in education and uh, you know, we want them to have freedom. And so uh, you know, we have to, you know, move to America. So essentially th- they, uh, were a part of, I think, a community of over 500 people that got on a boat. And my mom says that they just, we just carried enough food, um, and enough water for the voyage to wherever the next place was. Um, some people went to Indonesia or Malaysia. We went to Indonesia to a refugee camp where we stayed, I think, two years, but um, we didn't know how long we'd take to get there months. Um, and you basically, there's no place to pee and poo. There's no public restroom. People are dying of dysentery. Um, pirates would come on different ships and, uh, steal things, rob people, um, molest or rape the women and children and just steal from them. And um, some people, a lot of people died of illnesses and of these attacks, but I don't know some reason I survived. I was like eight months old. And so by the time uh, we arrived to Indonesia and then uh, we stayed there for, I believe a couple of years, I was about three when we went to South Sacramento because that's where our sponsors were. And imagine coming from what I described from like a life of life, uh to uh a trailer in a trailer park and 10 of us lived there and my parents had four dollars in their pockets yeah and so um when i was a little boy um i had a little prayer and um it's sort of embarrassing to tell people because i don't want to be all like you know uh you know, that, that holds that shame energy again. But I remember praying to God as a little kid because I was like, you know, I didn't think my story mattered. And I was like, you know, God, please, uh, like use my life and use my story for something and use me for something good. And that would be my little prayer to God. And, um, be careful what you pray for. And because it manifests, I always tell people, be careful what you think, because your thoughts become your words. Be careful what you say, because what you say becomes real and has energy that can uplift, gift and shift people or it could bring you down. Right. And so as a kid, I, w- I love to read, write and talk. But my parents were Ch- Asian, Asian parents. And they were like, Dr. Lawyer Engineer. You know, and I was like, Oh hell no, like I don't like math. I don't like science. I'm non stereotypical, like what I think all Asian, Asian parents would like you, me to be. Cause you know, usually it's like, Oh, don't rock the boat. Be quiet. But I'm like, if you don't rock my family, I'll be the first one to speak up. You know what I mean? That's a hood side coming at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so, and I'm just outspoken. Um, I love art and, um, And, you know, I'm just not very structured in, in the science and mathematical world. I like knowing about it, but it's not like I wanted to study it. And I definitely couldn't be a doctor because what I just like, just get, you know. I just want to throw up thinking about blood and being around sick people, right? Um, so I love reading, writing, and talking. And I was just like, how would I be able to make money off this one day? And it was funny because uh, one thing I realized with my childhood and everything that seem, seemingly went wrong, it, it was like, if you think about your life, it's like little dots that were scattered and you throw it behind you. Right. And then when, and you have to experience and learn more in life. And you, when you look back at the dots and you're present, that's a key and aware of the energy of the experiences and where you're at now is that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And if you look at all the dots and you, you can literally connect all the dots. And so growing up in a, in a bad neighborhood where there are prostitutes and we're in section eight, housing welfare, um on welfare and I was so embarrassed to have people over because, you know, our house was in the hood. Car my dad's car got stolen like seven times. Um and, you know, our springs would come out of the couch. My mom would save the burlap sacks. I don't want to make this sound like a boohoo story because like, you know, it was it is what it is. You don't really know when you're poor, that you're poorer when you're younger. But my mom would save the burlap sacks from the the rice um bags, and she would stuff our old, like, hand-me-down, tattered clothing that we couldn't wear anymore, and rubber band it, and made the pillowcases. Yeah, and so, anyway, so I, as a kid, I uh, loved reading, writing, and talking, and I was a voracious reader. I would read in the shower, I would be like, rinse, lather, repeat, methylparaben. I would, like, read the back of the uh, the shampoo bottles aloud. I read all the children's books aloud. Um Where the Wild Things Are, Amelia Bedelia, Shell Silverstein, like all of that stuff. And I would read it aloud. And there was a shame in that too, because I remember a family member was like, Shut the F up. Your voice is so annoying. Because you know when you're a teenager your voice changes and all that. And then I'd be like, look, I'll be making money off my voice now. No, it's getting but I was just like, you know, I was like, I love to read, write and talk. And so how can I do, how can I either make an impact and make and live doing this? So. Now looking back I was like oh it would be so cool to be a TV reporter because um oh, actually I thought print reporter because I was like you don't really see asian people on TV but it was a way to just get my voice out there. Um you didn't really see that many asian people Matt, Matt's kind of giggling but like you don't really see that many um asian people on TV uh, back in the day. I remember Lonnie Wong was in the Fox station in Sacramento and who's now a good friend of mine and then um there was Lavar Burton who hosted a show on PBS. You know, Reading Rainbow. Do you guys remember that? I can do anything. Just take a look. Read a book. Reading Rainbow. And there's a... Right? Yeah. Yeah. You were in Jerusalem. Where were you Yeah, the Holy Land. But um, anyway, so he was a brother. He was a black man that was a host. And I was like, oh my God. Please, baby Jesus. I one day would love to... Uh, write scripts for this guy, you know, on PBS because PBS taught me essentially also how to learn English. My dad spoke eight languages, my mom spoke six. I kind of suck and just speak three and a half but, in their eyes. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but I, uh, Cantonese, so English, Cantonese, Vietnamese, conversational, and un poquito español. But, yeah, but entiendo muchas. Uh, Español y muchas palabras, pero necesito practicar. I just need to practice. I know a lot of words, is what I'm saying. But um yeah, so um, I was like, oh, that would be cool. So cool to run scripts to him, and then I would love to teach because at the point when I was younger, my sister was the first one who got a. Uh, my sister Lynn, my eldest sister. I'm a one of five. I'm the youngest of five. Two sisters, two brothers, and then me. But my eldest sister was the first one to actually get a four-year degree you know, she's a nurse. And um, I was like, why would one day love to teach, you know? Um, And so that was kind of like my now looking back, like, oh, this is what I want to do. And fast forward many years, again, be careful what you think and say and do because they manifest. And so fast forward later, like what, 30, um, 30 something years later, I became a TV reporter uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, Midland, Texas, Fresno, then San Francisco. I co-hosted a show on PBS called California Heartland. Um, so that was my PBS connection. Um, and one day I'll meet LeVar Burton. I know that. Um, and, um, I taught at, uh, at my alma mater, the university of San Francisco, and now I'm teaching at another art school here, a blogging your passion course. So, now talking about it, I'm like, damn, I like I kind of did a lot. But, you know, I don't really think it's funny because when you're in it and you're doing it, the time passes. And, you know, so that's sort of um, the evolution of that. And um, I became a TV reporter um, and I just became, you know, really disillusioned after a while because it's just, you know, I felt like I was misusing my power to tell stories that, um, you know, about death and destruction all the time. And I think, granted, there are some news outlets that are great. Right. And that they're there to, you know, dig out the truth and, and all that, but, and to tell stories. But I just felt like that wasn't my lane and that I've learned what I needed to learn with that in terms of my presenting skills and storytelling and writing and stuff like that. So
2: communicate?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and communicate also with the camera in front of you, because it's a different thing. Yeah, I do motivational speaking too, and it's different. The energy is different when you're speaking to thousands or hundreds of people, or even a room of 10 people, versus talking to millions of people through a lens and your cameraman's the only person you see. Right? Um, so, um, it was after I left my, uh, TV gig, uh, you know, which I thought that that was all I want to do. Small, city or market tv market medium and then large and then maybe go to the network but when i started reaching the top of the pile if you will of what the people think the top of the pile is which is the top 10 markets you know and here in san francisco was like five or seven at the time um then um i would i um you know a series of events and things happened that really changed my life and i uh, switched from my kind of like work that i do for a living to my passion work so, uh so um i oprah always says like listen to the whispers you know and she um she had interviewed byron Katie are you guys familiar with byron katie byron katie's amazing um if you guys don't don't know it, uh, of her, you guys should just google her b y r o n and then katie k t i e and they were talking one day she's a spiritual teacher and author and um She, They were talking about feeling betrayed, you know, like when you feel like you're in a relationship and you feel betrayed or you feel like you're at a job and you feel betrayed or you know that you're betraying yourself and self-betrayal is one of the most like lowest energy form things, right, in life. And like when you know you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in you know, and bet you're in it. And, um, the interesting thing about that I got from that conversation was I was like, wow, I'm betraying myself in this job that I just feel like I'm done with. I don't get excited over going to work anymore. Um, I just had, uh, some bosses that weren't aligned with my values system and the way we sh- you know, journalistic integrity and values and things. So I was like, no, I'm gonna quit my job, you know, like, and this is like down economy, 2008 mortgage meltdown. And, you know, um, I had a trip planned to Peru. And I said, when I come back from Peru, it was, uh, during Christmas time, I was like, I'm going to quit when I get back. Thank baby Jesus. I didn't quit. Cause when I came back, they said in the, over the loudspeaker, they're like, Tuan and us, all these other names, please come to HR, you know? And I was like, what? And they're like, you, you know, they laid us off. Um, I was the 14th round of layoffs. Yeah. And I was like, yes, because then I got a um, a check that, you know, that could at least last me a few months and I could figure out what I wanted to do. So I went off on this adventure and I just like literally bought a like, ghetto camcorder that was used and I started and a microphone and started interviewing people, um, started a YouTube channel. This is when YouTube just started. And um, I it, it turned out to be what's called Go Inspire Go, a place where you can go get inspired and then go and then use your power to get back. And, um, one of the series that I do is called, um, it's like an everyday heroes series. So, um, I would go and tell stories about everyday heroes, write blogs and create videos, uh, about them. And at the end of the blogs and videos, there's action items on what you can do to go and help and use your discover and use your power. Like if you like writing or you, you're a legal person or whatever, you can help that, that person or the cause, that that person is about with your power. Um, And, you know, fast forward later, it was amazing. I met so many amazing people um, like um, school bus driver, Jorge Munoz is one of the most popular videos uh, in terms of views wise on, on YouTube. Um, Jorge Munoz was a Colombian resident who uh, was a school bus driver by day, but at night um, he would use half of his school bus salary, buy enough food to home cook meals with his sister and his mom um, every single night um, and cook 150 meals and drive his little white Toyota truck out to the subway stop in Queens, New York. So Jorge Munoz was known as a queen, uh, the angel in Queens, Queens, New York, every day for I think well over a dozen years, well over a decade, feeding over 150 people out of his little white Toyota truck, home-cooked packaged meals. And we did the story... And at the time, um, you know, not many media outlets had picked him up yet. And I was just like, hey, you know, this is my mission is to highlight heroes like you and get you help. And, you know, he saw that I was... authentic and we had this connection and he invited me over and we covered the story. And, um, there's some action items at the end. Like, you know, you can write his nonprofit a check. If you, if you want to write a check, you can come volunteer or you can send them, you know, like your, your, whatever goods you have to help, you know, with your own a bakery, give, you know, your baked goods. And, um, you know, bloggers started sharing it and the radio and then talk shows started contacting us and, you know, to, to share the story and good morning America ended up licensing to use part of the video, um, to share. And so then it was just like magnified and it just picked up, picked up a life of its own. And, um, I was proud to say when the last time I checked in with him, uh, maybe a handful of years later, um, He was spending, I think he was saying like half a salary. So it was like $300 a um, a month uh, on it. Uh, Sorry, $300 a week. So that's $1,200 a month. You hear that like woo woo sound in the back? That is the uh, national emergency system. Every Tuesday it goes off. So sorry about that, guys. But anyway, so going back to Jorge. It's Jorge listening to us. No. Um, so um, essentially what he did was, um, you know, he said that, wow, because of the video, we not only got a lot of thank you notes, know, people started sending in a lot of money. Um like literally like bakeries and other uh, local food like restaurants and stuff like that started giving him food to give out, people came and volunteered and he said uh, to break it down in terms of like monetarily he said that now he had only used like $150 a month because he got so much money and resources coming in instead of $1,200 a month and um, so, anyways, so that's just one of the videos we have so many other amazing stories from a, a girl, 8 year old girl in Marin, California Northern California, Vivian who set up a Lemonade Stand 2.0. She sold lemonade online and um, physically every single day. Uh, because she wanted to free 500 slaves in South America. She had seen um, a photography exhibit um, where there it was about childhood slaves in South America. So she partnered with a nonprofit and said, every day, I'm going to just sell lemonade till we can raise $100,000. <laughs> I mean, a little girl. Yeah. And she ended up raising more than that, ended up me- meeting the Pope and ringing the the Wall Street Bell with with the CEOs of Twitter and um, eventually creating a little lemon, organic lemonade empire on our own that sells in specialty stores now the money goes to free slaves um, but my point is there's so many of these amazing stories that um, that were that the interesting point is that. As I started to, my impetus was to go and help people, but when you go and help people and in service of others, the universe serves you and the, is reflected upon you, right? And so uh, all of a sudden, it's like I had over the last, over the 10-ish years, there was over 150 people from around the world that have volunteered to help me tell these stories. People that worked at the World Economic Forum, uh, LinkedIn, um, and all these like other companies uh, that we're just like, well, we can help shoot or we can help with branding or we can help whatever. And so it also made me realize the hero in me and that my hero story and, and to work through all that shame. Actually, this is just coming up. I've never told anybody this. This is like a therapy session, y'all. I know where well, if, if you can see us too, we're like all like stretching and moving our bodies and being mobile while we're talking. Like well, we modern caveman boo. Um, so, so anyway, so, um, that, You know, that was, it taught me a lot of things. One of the things is that it taught me that my story is important and your story is important. Because the interesting thing is when I would call people and say, hi, I'd love to interview you because of this, this, and then they're like, me? Why? Not me. And I would say the same too. You know, I'd be like, me? Why? Why my story? And I felt that coming out at the beginning of this podcast. I'm like, yeah, what? And I'm like, I need to not retreat. Yeah, I need to not retreat back to that. You know, like we, our stories are amazing and important, even if they're not told by Forbes. I remember when Forbes interviewed me twice about my projects. um, And one of them was about Go Inspire Go and my immigrant story. And I was like, you know, uh, wow, this is like, I think my story mattered and now Forbes is writing about it. It must matter. But you know what? Even Forbes doesn't write about it. It does matter. Your story matters. And so many people are like, this is they have you only listen to one part of the podcast, listen to this part, is that your story matters and you have the power to make a difference. And it doesn't have to be an Oprah scale, but it could be how are you interacting with the people in your network, in your circle. It could be a little kid it could be somebody you're mentoring it could be somebody you met in the in the street or the shop a shop or the tienda or whatever and you're just like chatting with them um and all uh, all the stories that I've we've done we've done over i think um over 70 of those videos but we've done over with go inspire go over 120 videos but all uh, whatever kind of story it was or kind of project that fell underneath go inspire go it um all related to the fact of um Seeing the beauty around you, which means not only that interior beauty and nature and stuff, but the beauty of people and the connections that you make and the beauty inside you. And so that is my mission. You know how Marie Kondo be like, hello, I'm Marie Kondo. I love that. She's so cute, right? She sits on the couch, even if you've never heard about her ever. Um, she's like, my mission is to spark joy through tidying. You know, my question to everybody listening is, what is your mission in life to serve others? What would that be like? And I really had to think about it hard. Um, And there's a Simon Sinek, a really good uh, uh, TED Talk that he does about finding the why. You started this book last night. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, this alignment, right? Yeah. Uh, Of course you did. Um, But um, it made me think about my why. I'd like to ask you guys what your why is. But my why is... Helping people become present or aware to the beauty around them and inside them. And in that you discover that power that we all have, that's unique as our fingerprint because our fingerprint, even if you're twins, you have a different set of fingerprints. That's also the fingerprint of your spirit is different. The energy you emit is different and getting the chills talking about that. Right. But, um, think about that. And what is it that you could do with that energy and that power and, and serve others with it. So, what I'd love to hear from you guys, what your. Well, first, of all, before I forget, okay. I the video you posted last night. Okay. And what you're talking about is I just launched a new um, series undergoing Spirago. It's called um, I know, Style Your Spirit, Boo. No, it's not Boo, but it's called Style Your Spirit. And essentially, um, it's just simple design tips that create big shifts. So, it's a design tip paired with. Um, a, you know, a spiritual tip or a lesson because they're intertwined. And so the first video was about the time is now and whatever it is in your life I talked about something as simple as wanting a fiddly fig tree you know, <laughs> and and what the importance of that was in terms of design and the energy it brought to my life and how that related to me spiritually and in the world inside me. So, um, you were saying about that video? Well,
2: so, my mantra for the past example yeah. was to to be intentional that's something I got from you and know, you know, I like, do everything with intention mm-hmm. and you know he's been I mean not only a business partner and one of my best friends but mm-hmm. he's a mentor in a lot of ways and so every morning my journal was you know be intentional and all that I do be intentional with little things you know driving down the road be intentional mm-hmm. in when putting your seatbelt on like you said when chopping a carrot mm-hmm. be really present with that and then for some reason last night when you said
3: do it now it really resonated with me mm. as a mantra that I need
2: to adopt because I found myself with mm. a, a big list of things to do mm. and me pitter-pattering between
3: mm. 25 different things and then I have 10 different tabs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'll do that later, I'll do that tomorrow, and mm. do it now. Uh,
2: it, it, for some reason it just stuck out. Yeah. It's something that I really, and I even started doing it last night. Mm. I was looking went through my tabs and I was like, hey, I'm
3: doing it. I'm doing it right now. Mm. It. Um and, and
1: I love that. Thank you. I already see that. I'm tearing up because of a couple of things. One is, it makes me reflect, too, that, you know, in uploading that, that was the hardest thing to do because I'm used to, and Rioni's like, what? And because, you know, we're our worst critic, you know, and I'm crying because um, I was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I... I said in the video, I was like, look, I ordered a, a mic and a microphone and it's not here yet, but I just saw a sign that said the time is now. It was literally etched on the park bench down the street. And I was just like, I have to do that now. And I just put my um iPhone up, click the button and the audio sort of echoey of ceilings here. And I was just like, but I have this message to give and it doesn't have to be perfect. That whole wabi-sabi thing. And I'm like, oh, but you know, I come in from this place and I, t- and I teach about, you know, You know, about storytelling and video and creating blah, blah, blah. And I got stuck in this like weird lane of having to be perfect. And you know what? If you think of all the tech companies like Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or any anything that's built, it's iterated, right? Even nature iterates itself, you know? And so why am I so hard on myself? And I was like kind of embarrassed to upload it because I was like – wait, where, this, where is the shame coming from? Where is this emotion rising from that I'm not enough? Or like, why would this fluffy little video, how could it impact people? And it was funny that you had mentioned that because then several other people, um, my phone's over there, but I was talking with a friend of mine who was in charge of um uh the content for Yahoo front page. And I'm talking about super high level. Remember when Yahoo was at the top of it, you know, the, the Yahoo front page was like, whoa, like, it still is big but you know she so we were talking and she was like you know after watching your video and just chatting with you thank you i feel like you recharged my battery so i know that that is also part of my mission and that's my power um uh, is helping recharge people's batteries too and holding a space for them to recharge if you will um but uh she was like she had said thank you for Bringing me into the present moment and making me pay more attention to uh clearing the clutter in my life, because she was embarrassed to show me. She was like, oh, my God, your apartment's so beautiful. And she was like, ah, this is the most cluttered room. And I could feel that shame that I also felt about uploading the video and it not being perfect. Um and so that came out of that. And she was like, and, you know, and your message of the now of just like, I need to start now decluttering and making my space more beautiful. She goes, Tuan, do you know that after I watched it, I realized I have no photos of my kids and my family yet because I was slogging away at my tech job, you know, you know, super busy. Um So, you know, I I'm I accept that and receive that. Thank you. And Religion, your, your mission and your power—that's the one I want to know. And as we reflect upon this, I want everybody at home to like listen, or people out—you know, on, you know—public transportation listening, whatever, wherever you're getting this, uh, tuning in here. Like, where? What is your mission? What is your why? And what is your power? Well,
2: um, so for me, it, it changes a lot,
1: um, and that's okay. Yeah, it, it manifests
3: based on what i'm going through and where i am in my life. Mm-hmm.
2: and it's you know relatively in this, on the same road but might be in a different lane from time to time and i think for me what really drives me is i try to be an example for people around me my family and friends i have a very tight-knit group of people and um a lot of times i'm hard on those people and
1: we often are I like them. Cause if, yeah if, if i'm not hard on you you know? okay yeah it's true boo it's true i feel like yeah yeah um,
2: and, and it's, i try to inspire with my behavior and be an example for, for certain things and in my i guess space space is kind of like the health and yeah. how I, you know i have my routines and the things that i do every day in my practices and that's what keeps me accountable to doing them um you know, when it's getting up before the sun and making sure I journal and meditate and get some movement in and all, all the little things that I do and do some reading every day. Um, the reason that I do them is that I know that if I live them, it will rub off on the people around me. And I know that the benefits that it's given to me will, will you know, come into those other people's lives as well.
1: Okay, so going back to the Marie Kondo and, and, and distilling... Right and, and like clearing out the extra space and the words can you I challenge you to think about it? you don't have to say it now, but what is the Marie Kondo is her mission in life is to spark joy through tidying. What is that for you? You talked about the way you live it and all that and and I told you mine is to to inspire presence and awareness of the beauty in and around you. So it's become very clear after our conversation Yoni from last week. I just literally came up with this, you know. And one of my friends who does branding charges a ton of money works with a lot of big company. She was like, "Watch start watch the Simon Sinek TED talk and then go figure out your why first. And so that's my challenge to everybody. Like what is that?
2: Yeah. Because you think you know your Yeah. I had to put it in.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like,
3: oh shit, I Yeah. Don't, I don't necessarily, you know, you,
1: you have like all these. Yeah.
2: Kind of There's so many things.
1: Yeah. And yeah. All the way
2: here, um, I was talking to Young and he said, well, is it, is it in your, in your yeah. five year plan? Have you written down your five year plan? Yeah. Because we did a year ago Yeah. and I'm d- kind of debating on whether or not I should do something this weekend that's kind of an expensive time to do talk about what it is. Um, <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> he, he, he said, like, you know, is, is it in line with your five-year
1: plan? Yeah. Um, and it's not. Yeah, that interesting. Wow. About doing it. But yeah. It's, it's not the time. And it's not in line with what I'm doing. Yeah, and there'll be a time. You know, one of my mentors told me, um, Dixon louise 's his name, very brilliant man, and he said to me a long time ago, we were having coffee in downtown, like at, at one of the coffee shops, and he was like. Tuan, you have five projects, big projects going on. And he goes, you know what, and you can do almost everything you set out to do, but not all at once. You know, and for me, I think of think of it like as a funnel. <laughs> you know? What is going what does it fit in the funnel? And the funnel is the mission. It, it does everything I do, everything every project, is it in the alignment or going through this funnel or this direction of inspiring more beauty? from your outside in or inside out, you know? Yeah. Think about a funnel. Yeah. Yeah. And so think about what that is. And if it's not in alignment with primal goods or your modern caveman, because essentially modern caveman and primal goods, if I may interject what I feel like it means, it's just about, um, a healthy, uh, a healthy, physical and metaphysical space, if you will, or like being healthy inside and out, right? Yeah. Inspiring healthy, like just a healthy lifestyle inside and out, I think, right? You don't know. Yeah. Showing
2: up every day to do the work to be as well as possible. Yeah. Mm. Um, because people do really well when they're well. Yeah. And I think raising your energy and raising your practices and and putting in that time and effort Makes everything better on the
1: other end. Yeah. Um, you know, no one ever looks back and says, oh, "I wish I didn't do that work." You know. Mm. Yeah. So just raising your awareness of, so yours it seems like is inspiring people to be be and do well, if you will. No, or so kind of getting closer. You just kind of have to keep playing around with it, but. But the energy is around it, for sure. And it's just like kind of Rubik's Cubing the meaning. And, you know, I love that you said earlier, it's very wabi-sabi of you, by the way, to uh, to uh say, you know what, it changes and shifts. Because I was just going to say that, too. It's like when you were talking, it's like, don't be so rigid on what what it is and beat yourself up because you don't know it yet. But it took me an evolution to just say, distill it down to by helping you inspire beauty from the inside out and outside in. And, you know, so it just takes, you know, it takes time to, to put the awareness around that. But what then is your power? I,
2: I do like to inspire people. I, I think that there are times when that small group of people that I mentioned earlier is not annoyed. Like, okay, dude, we get it. Um, yeah. But they are inspired. And I see these little jumps,
3: mainly in my dad recently.
5: Mm. Um, you know, kind of a
2: older conservative white guy that you would not think, um, you know, in his... He's sixty. Yeah. Um, is now like getting into yoga. Hmm. Um. It's, it, it feels really good to see that because I know the impact, and I see the impact, and people around him and see the impact that it's having on his life. And mm. I love seeing people do the work. Mm. I love people seeing people find a hole in their game, find something that's not what they're good at, and gravitating towards that.
3: Mm.
5: Um, and I gave Yoni a hard time this morning because he's always juggling the damn soccer ball with his feet because he's really, really good at it
1: (laughs) and he told me today I'm really good at like pulling strength and he told me, he's like, we had a strength session and he's like, stop pulling, you don't need to pull anymore. you know
2: you're good at it go do the coordination stuff
1: Mm -hmm. and you're talking about an exercise uh, regimen that you guys are doing for the people that don't uh, know yeah, got it (laughs) Yeah isn't it funny is that we just that's uh you know sometimes our what we think is our strength is also the weakness and and it's it's all the yin and yang you know and and um I love there's a new um ad for Modcloth um and I have no affiliation to them by the way uh clothing it's a clothing uh li- like clothing and lifestyle line and they interviewed Aquafina do you all know who Aquafina is I yeah, know, right? No. Aquafina is a woman that plays, um, uh, she's a character in, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, and, yeah, book in a movie. Huh? No, no, no affiliation except I'm Asian and crazy, but not the rich part. No, I am rich in life, yes. Um, but, um, basically she's a, you know, she's always prided herself on being a little bit, au- like a lot awkward, not a little awkward, you know, and so she was like, find your, your weirdness is your strength. And that really resonated with me. It's like, what is, whatever you're going through, for some people, it could be being gay or for some people, it could be what, you know, like it, it could be what they think like, oh, you know, I'm a woman and I was done wrong or I battered or whatever. Or like if you're going through cancer or whatever the heck is going on, a lot of times people will experience that life lesson and then give back. And that was a part of their chapter in their life. Um. I want to hear from the doctor. Yeah, or you. Okay. What okay. I yes. What I want to hear uh, it. things where it's
3: for me to do it, like, to so, uh, we're own, and Yeah. To do it is it's like <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but i, I yeah, is helping someone to see how much easier it is for them to get to buy more in game and to show and do so and do it in a better way. So when people find, say, people are excuses
5: to not do something they want to do, because they want to do the perfect time, because it's a lot of work, and they show
3: them, like, you still have to do all these things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's tweetable right there. That's so true. What Doesn't that scorch balls? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. oh my gosh. Yes. Uh,
3: wow, <sighs> And mindset. So,
1: uh, really like doing this and, and part of doing this. Most people the is specifically they go in and make it. And yeah. Thing, you know, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Hard, it's, it's yeah. Like, um, yeah. Right. I know. I think shrink shrinkage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <I'm> <laughs> <see people>.
3: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to find a, a mate in here. Yeah, um, part of it is like that is one of want to kind of get rid of. Yeah, so you know, I'm just walking around there naked. Um, you know, I'm just walking along there naked. Um, you know, I'm just walking definitely nothing to see. There's another guy there, probably 250 pounds, big was like in, you know, 30 minutes. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, <laughs> I think, you know, for
1: me, uh, what I noticed is that. Mm, that's really good power. power. Wow. Yes. Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. You know they make watches like that too. You know it's funny that you mentioned that because yesterday I went to a coffee shop and I took a photo of it. Um, and it's brilliant how it was hung on the wall with a chain, and it was just a plain white clock, and it said "Who cares?" and all the numbers were at the bottom of the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, it was a goody cafe in the, in Fort Mason. We'll go there one day by the farmer's market. But you know, can I reflect on what you just said really quickly? So, Yoni, you're a genius because my definition of genius is, um, seeing patterns and you are so good at seeing the patterns. Like, it really affected me when you were like, Tuan, dude you're in the flow, I love being around you you're in the flow ninety percent of the time, but when you start thinking about the how, you get stuck and that stuckness is the trying to be perfect on the videos it's what will people think and this and that and while I would say as a forty one year old man uh, that uh that I really don't give a f about what majority of people say, but you know I'm a human being, so I do care about what some people say that I care about for sure. But, but that's a great superhero power to have, you know, it's yeah. And, and yeah, you're brilliant at, uh, you know, helping break apart the pieces and then building up the strategy, uh, step by step. Because the thing with the go inspire, go hero series that I was doing is that everybody started off small. Like it was a small little thing in their heart that they wanted to do. And, for example, five-year-old Phoebe Russell, uh, kindergartner here, and she saw hungry homeless people. And, you know, about a decade ago, h- h- hunger and homelessness was still a problem, but now it's even more of an e- epidemic in America, but especially here in San Francisco, right? And she knew two things. It makes me really sad. And, um, you know, I want to help. And, That actually was, you know, that action item of I want to help and her her sadness stemmed from the fact of like, why do these people look so hungry and scary, mom? And her parents explained hunger and homelessness and she was like, well, she didn't get the whole mortgage part and the rent, but she was like, food? There's hungry people? We got food in our pantry. We go to Whole Foods every week and every week they go to Whole Foods and they put uh, an aluminum can in the machine and she gets five cents. That's her ROI. So she's like, I want to collect aluminum cans and give and help them and get money and help them who helps them he she asked miss albert her teacher um her kindergarten teacher um and miss miss russell was like uh well the food bank helps them and she was like well i want to raise arbitrary numbers she doesn't know how much a thousand is she's like thousand dollars for the food bank and the teacher's like honey like many of us adults always trying to figure out the how and not the why or you know focusing on the why because the how reveals itself um but she was like honey it's hard to do that because we graduate you Or get promoted in two months and it takes a year to raise $500 from our little bake sales and fundraisers. So a thousand dollars in two months, you know, and she was like, it's okay. Then I'm just going to write letters and ask for aluminum cans from fa- friends and family. So she spent all of her recesses, all of her times so that she was waiting for her mom and dad to come pick her up from kindergarten class to write letters to friends and family. So thousands of cans came in. Yeah. Um, Parents wrote checks, friends and parents wrote checks, companies that they work for match the checks, so Phoebe raises almost $4,000. Yeah, which is roughly like 18,000 meals. And at the end of the video, uh, we went and I, I asked if I can go and interview her, uh, her, her when they were giving the, she had a cute little box that had butterflies, crayon box that had butterflies and the community drawn on it and clouds and, and, you know, nature. And she was giving the money and the checks and everything that to the, that she had collected to the executive director of the San Francisco Food Bank. And at the end of the video, I said, if five-year-old Phoebe can raise enough, to feed 18,000 people, what can you do? That's the question I always ask. You can, and the three things are simple. Write a check, donate food in your cupboards or go buy food and donate or volunteer. And then I ask the food bank, can you please check to see... Um, like how many people, when when they're donating, ask them if they saw this video. Cause I want to try to figure out like how much we've helped to raise. So several months later, like six months later, I opened up my email box and it was like Christmas, you know, it was like, Whoa, for me, it was like, they they said, thank you so much, Twan, because, um, of you, you go inspire those efforts. Uh, we, you helped us raise over $20,202. And that's like, I think roughly like 80 something thousand meals. And then um, a chicken company, I was blogging about another hero one day at the coffee shop. And then another uh, viewer had messaged me and said, Hey, there's a chicken company that's doing, that's looking for stories of people feeding the hungry, like hunger heroes, and they want to give them a surprise or a prize. And so I submitted Phoebe's um, video. They contacted me and said, Oh my God, we didn't expect something this amazing, this little girl. Uh, Can you jump on a conference call with our board? And they said, we want to give her a special grand jury prize of uh, 15 tons of chicken. That's 35,000 pounds. And I'm a visual person. So what that means is a whole freight truck backing into the San Francisco food bank full of chicken. And now we're looking at like over like, you know, low 100, like hundred. 20, 30,000 meals, something like that. And that was our second video, get her donate, you know, getting the donation of chicken. The third video was awesome as well because it was a year later. Phoebe's still getting her friends to volunteer. She's in the first grade, getting her friends to volunteer at the food bank. And, uh, it was so lovely that little kid in her former preschool class now was like, who's this little girl with the trophy? Um, and so the teacher, there's a photo of her in the classroom. And so the teacher showed, the kids, the Go Inspire Go video, and um, so awesome. Uh, the the k- three kids were like, "Well, we want to replicate our project. They want to do the same thing." So they end up raising all, again almost four grand. And, and since people have been volunteering and doing all this other stuff, it's well over two hundred meals served to the people in the community. So my question to you is: When you're walking around, you're like, "Oh, I don't know what to do." You know, there's a homeless person, and they might attack me. Well, you don't have to necessarily give them food or money, but what can you do to? To, you know, what little thing? Did I say 200 what? Thousand? Thousand. I said 200. Sorry. 200,000. Yeah. Yeah. 200,000. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I told you I'm Asian. I'm bad at math y'all. No, <laughs> over 200,000 meals. And you know, this is the other crazy thing y'all is Miss Albert had passed away. Uh, her teacher died suddenly. Um, and she wasn't super old or anything, but I think she had an illness or something, but it's like, again, tomorrow is not promised. Next moment isn't promised. The time is now do whatever you can. People are always like, Oh, I wish, you know, I had money, more money, or I wish I had more time Then I'll do something. Well, chances are, no, if you're thinking that way, you'll never have enough money or you'll never have enough time, you know? And it's like, what little thing can you do? That's my biggest challenge for people. What little thing, and it doesn't have to be arduous. Like if you don't like math, you don't have to go and teach math to some kids, you know, in the hood, you know, like, but if you like reading, go read to kids or go, you know, do whatever in your heart is, you know, that you could do. Um, for example, on YouTube, it was again, like, like a gift given to me when I saw this on YouTube, somebody commented on, um, the video of the uh, Vivian Har who re- did the lemonade stand 2.0 to free 500 slaves in South America. They said, I, when I saw this video, it's like a teenager and it's, it's, thank you so much. It really moved me. And I was saving up for PS2 and I saw this and I'm like, shoot, I don't need my PS2. I'm going to donate to her cause. I sent all the money to her. Uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Right. And again, from the shame of me like not really wanting to upload my first video for this, you know, style your spirit segment, and you're telling me that it really like inspired you to be like, Nope, do that now. Even if it's one thing, do it, do it, do it, do it. And that's what excites me. Well, you know what though, um, I, I like that you said that and I like the challenge and you're so brilliant at like distilling it, like we just said, to like little action items. But you know, I, uh, um, I, I want to put the energy around it of the now is when that click happens. It was funny because when we were setting up for this podcast. Um, was it Matt or Yoni? Which one said that? Twan just like downloads, like, I think it was you, right, Yoni? You're like, Twan just like downloads all this stuff because Matt, I know, Matt was like, I was like, wait, don't say that. Wait, stop, you know, and like, you know, stop. we we'll save that inspiration for later. But why? We don't have to. Things just come out in the flow and naturally, you know, and, and beautifully as they, as they do, you know. And so back to the statement that you said, um, now that you've unpaused the podcast, pause it again. <laughs> but really, I, I challenge you to, to, if you're feeling the buzz, it's already happening. Like I felt the buzz when after I met with you and I was like, ooh. And then I happened to talk to a couple other people that had mirrored the same message. And I'd even bring up the conversation that I had with you until way later after they brought it up to me. So listen to those whispers. They come in different ways, shapes, sizes, gifts from the universe. And you know, this, the biggest gift ever. And you know, like uh, I love traveling. I like, you know, nice things and all that, but it's just like, Those are fleeting. The biggest gift that you can give, the legacy that you can give, is the gift of you. You know, and, you know, take it from somebody that I've experienced a lot of death in my life. You know, a lot. I had four family members die in a year's time, my first year when I was reporting in Wisconsin. My dad Stomach cancer in his mid-50s. My aunt was mid-40s, died of breast cancer. We didn't even know because nobody else that we knew died of cancer. So it's just like, again, they were taken like that. And then my two grandmothers passed away all in about 13 months. And what death taught me is that you got to live more. And so living more and feeling joy, the root cause of it is, after this, y'all got to go pee in my bathroom. Did you see, actually, Matt, you went to pee before, TMI, in my bathroom, the main bathroom. Did you see the the Dalai Lama quote in there? No? Oh, you went left. Or oh, did you sit down? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just the one on the right. Um, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful quote, but essentially it's in the bathroom on the right. Yeah, in the right. Yeah. Okay. I framed it because I, I met this guy who met the Dalai Lama and he went to some event and they gave this thing to him and he felt like he wanted to offer it to me. And, and it says roughly something like, we as human beings are on earth for approximately 80, 90, sometimes 100 years, some of us 100 years. And he essentially says something like, um, and it is our duty, our responsibility um, to uh, to find ways to use what we have in life and our gifts of who we are to give back to others. And that is joy. Joy comes in giving. And that's an interesting thing, you know, giving, when you give, you get so much back more. And Maya Angelou, one of my favorite quotes is in my, I have a te- separate email for my, te- you know, my teaching, um, for my students, I mean, and when I teach is the quote is still there. It's been there for a long, long as I've known, but it's one of my favorite quotes from the late Maya Angelou poet. And it says, when you learn, teach. When you get, give. I got the chill saying that.
2: I love it. So, if I were to give Tuan
1: a mantra right now, oh, we're giving each other mantras. Thank okay. you. No. Okay. <laughs> if I were to base on everything, um, it would be listen to the whispers and do it
2: now. Would you say that's how you're living right now? Hmm. That
1: would be most in with. Yes, and it's scary though. Like I, again, you guys, I told you yesterday. It's like you may, you know, if you see photos of the, the ones you guys are taking of my taking of my apartment or like the good curated versions. Dude, I mean, while it's clean, cause I believe like in terms of energy wise, you're, if you have dust, a lot of ton of dust or you have clutter, that's energy blockage around you. But I woke up yesterday and I had to dash off to go, you know, I did my meditation, went to CrossFit and then came back and then I had a I had a phone call. And after that, I was just like, you know what? I'm inspired to do a video about. Um Making my bed and again i didn 't think making my bed was that big of a deal. I did another video right away about fluffing your pillows on your couch and resurging your you know just the picking up things before you go to bed you know and and my friend was going through gosh, her husband is is gravely ill bed bed brown um he's young uh, her son has asperger's her mom has uh, uh, alzheimer's, and her grand her her father's like ninety something, and then the youngest son has behavioral issues because of all the stuff happening, and she was like, Oh my gosh, I never realized that picking up like this tidying a little bit and picking up like fluffing the pillows on the bed like when he goes to the you know to dinner when he's out when we'll chair him over to the dinner table like resets the tone." And what else do we need to fluff in our lives? You know, and I, d- I honestly don't think that it's weird for me saying this, but I never thought my story mattered. Or I really didn't think even that first video mattered that much. Um, but like you said, and other people have messaged and said, oh my gosh, this really made me think. Of course, there's like a lot of other things I can think about. Like, oh, I should put, you know, that been better off with the mic or I should have framed it better or whatever. But again, like get it up. In the tech world, they say ship it, right? (laughs) I learned that from one of my friends. Just ship it. Just do it. Take those baby steps you need to do and just do that. And like Yoni said, I don't
2: know who they are, but they say, we ought to
3: embarrassed of your first product.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I love that. Paula or Paul? Paul? Paul Graham. Okay.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, a production company
3: about
1: yeah mm. like oh yeah huh wow um thank you for asking that question so um it was interesting because um you know, everybody's like, oh, you should do a podcast, you should do a podcast, because for me, too, I love the long format talk, and the next thing I would love to do eventually is to do some sort of, like, talk show, you know, the designing your life talk show, I don't know, putting out in the universe, but um, I was like, podcast, 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 but, um, and then it's called Truth Dare, because it was essentially illuminating conversations about people who have found their truth and daring you to find your truth, and it was uh i got stuck too much in the how was one of my learnings from it there's beautiful conversations and so many morsels of wisdom and amazing people that i interviewed you know um in that uh from a broadway star to uh you know the, who played eliza hamilton in hamilton to another broadway person that played um uh the uh, a role in uh carol the carol king beautiful mu- musical to the uh, Starretts who started one of the first few people who started the a CrossFit box. But, um, one of the things that that taught me is that, um, a couple things. I had a lot of anxiety doing it because, uh, it was so arduous. There was so much work and it was, um, not, it was sort of, it was funded in that I got, um, I got a few sponsors that helped with just the production costs alone, but not my time or, you know, um, uh, so it, I just felt like it had to be so perfect eh there was just so much um so much thought around it and less doing around it you know and i wasn't in the flow as much and it just so happened that uh, then i talked publicly about this but then uh, my brother-in-law had committed suicide you know sh- you know uh, after my second season and then i just put everything on my life on hold to help my sister and the kids and so uh people kept asking me oh are you going to go back are you going to go back and a part i think the shame of uh, we were talking about shame earlier the shame energy is do you feel like going back and if you don't that's fine do you feel like folding your business that's okay like you were talking uh, yoni earlier about how you know you had a startup in your mid 20s instead of saying wow how grateful am i to be this brilliant man in his 20s going to try something to offer the world more information Right. And, and to be better. And, uh, the universe corrects itself and says, nope, you're supposed to be on this other path. And, and it's not a mistake. I think the only, there are no mistakes in life, really. Um, but I think a more fruitful life is one in which you listen to that inner gps that's inside you that excites you or doesn't excite you and to be honest it didn't excite me to do the podcast anymore um and i can't believe i'm just actually saying that now because i'm like ah oh, maybe i'll just hold on to this domain or things like that but it's just like i enjoyed the conversations but what i did enjoy was the production and i got stuck in the how and that was a big epiphany that i had recently is that really keep it simple and you know with these videos, some of my videos, I'm doing like selfie camera talk, you know, and some of them I put the camera on the tripod. I have a nice mic on it now, but again, it's like it doesn't have to be perfect. Shoot it and ship it, you know, yeah. You,
3: do, you can go.
2: No, you go. Okay for me. no, no, I, I just, I like how willing you are now, and then dive in. You really are living this. Idea of doing it right now. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of people put it off. Uh, yeah. I think our whole society, I mean, at least everyone in my age group, late 20s, early 30s. Oh, you're a baby. I'm old enough to be your dad. It's okay. It's <laughs> 20. You're late 20? 20s. So uh, if I had a baby like uh, 12, people do have babies at 12. I, <laughs> I know. Well, okay. But I think people put off doing things that they
2: want to do, things that they're aligned with. Um, it's like right now, it's the time where I'm gonna suffer and, and do probably work that I'm not aligned with in order to build some sort of security for tomorrow. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of the American way, right? Yeah, bust your ass from the time you're yeah, until you're 60 and then you get to it. Mm. Um, and especially spending time around people like you and people like Yoni's show me that that bust your ass period can also be aligned with. What do you want to do? What it, Yes. You're guilty feeling sometimes that I feel like I'm not working because I have this... I me too. My mind yeah. Work is supposed to be kidding
1: me. Yeah. Uh, doing it. Chills. Yeah. So
2: it doesn't feel like... Like, I guess right now, I'm technically...
1: Work. Yeah. know, yeah. But,
2: and it's funny because I was talking to a friend the other day and I said, you know, you no, know, I mean, my, my work, I guess, I don't know whether I call it work or not. This is probably what I'd be... Doing, anyways. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, you know, like you said, you, you have to challenge people to find the things that they're in alignment with. Yeah. And go for them. Yeah. And the how will figure itself out. And yeah. All those things naturally come into yeah. place. Yeah. Having that honest conversation with yourself.
1: Yeah. And, and like you said, the work keyword is honest. Uh, thank you for sharing that because. There's so many people that could be listening in and could be even like seeing the photos on your blog or video or whatever the heck, right? And they could be like, well, easy for you guys to say when you guys like look like you dress well, you're in know, a beautiful apartment in San Francisco and whatever. But everybody will make mistakes. Like there's naysayers who are like, yeah, you know, try being in the present moment when you have two sick kids or this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, I actually do know some people who have some very, you know, chronically ill children. Or kids that are dying or whatever, but they practice mindful eating. You know what I mean? It's just, you can, we can all make excuses or cast judgment or whatever, but, uh, and say, well, you know, uh, I gotta work. I gotta pay these bills. And while that's true, um, what subtle shifts can you make, you know, to, to make that lifestyle happen? You know, there's a, um, it's funny that we're talking about this because I was at, um, we met at the San Francisco CrossFit, all three of us and speaking with, um, one of my, Good friends there, and she was saying that you know the the woman she said the woman that created the color factory it 's a pop up here in San Francisco that became a big art exhibit it 's like a lot of like the beautiful colors and different it's very Instagramable in different rooms and so she was like, yeah, she 's a good friend of mine, and she actually sold all of her stuff because the, she started doing pop ups all over the country now, and i don 't know of all over the world, but New York, a lot of places and um she basically she has two kids she, she and her husband her husband's an artist They sold, they sold everything everything. And they're taking their kids on the road to meet people around the world that are fascinated by color and helping them, you know, helping them find more like color in their lives and things like that. And I'm like, wow, that's really amazing. You know, and I'm not telling you to sell you, you know, like with me, I was going to quit my job, but then I got laid off, you know, universe speaking, right? I'm not saying, you know, like, be irresponsible and I'm not sitting here saying like give up everything or give up your corporate job because you got to eat and do whatever you got to do but be more mindful while you're doing it see how you're feeling and if you're not feeling excited about going to work and you're feeling betrayed because your boss isn't nice to you and you're feeling drained or going home and curling up to a ball and crying which I know people that are doing that at night um, then really take those baby steps look for another job if you want to write that book write that a chapter a week or a month or a day yeah. In those situations, another thing that I've learned from Young is rather than feeling sorry
5: for yourself, think about this is what's in front of me. This is what the universe has put in front of me. What am I supposed to be learning here?
3: Mm.
2: Even when we have in business, like things that of weeks where everything seems to go wrong and it's never once been one of those, oh my God, head in hands, we're doomed kind of thing. It's it's always, all right, what, what are we supposed to be learning from this? And how is it? And it's, there's a positive takeaway from it. And you'll never know, you'll never grow unless you're faced with that adversity. So mm. if you're in that job and you're not happy right now, what, what, are you, what skills are you supposed to be developing that are going to carry
1: on? Yeah. I, I love that you said that because really your challenges are here as guideposts. And um, I believe that challenges are here to teach us something as hard as they may be. But here's the key thing, here's the key, if you don't put awareness around it and you let ego take over and you're you're not present to what it's here to teach you, then guess what, it's going to come back in a different way, shape, form, situation, person, whatever it is. And so once you learn it, that person, if you're dating somebody that is constantly bringing you down and uh, verbally or physically abusing you and you're not learning from it, that person is not going to be avoided the second time around. You might dump this person or like leave or whatever, but then that person is going to come around again. Yeah. Way, shape, form. Yeah. Different way, shape, form, person. Yeah. 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 And there's just so much joy in, um, you know, spending more time to do what you love. And I'm not telling people also to like, you know what, quit and just do all your passion project, whatever that is, or cause uh, you're ho- making your hobby, your job essentially, because there are a lot of people who work in say, uh, an environment that I wouldn't want to work in. And, um, they are like, well, you know, for me, it's to spread more kindness, you know, in the workplace. Um, it, for me, my you know, case in point, my brother he he likes computers, but he also likes sports and nature and all the stuff, so he enjoys his job but it's you know if I say was he passionate about it, I think he's more passionate about nature, but he you know has a technical job, runs a team spreads these like, kindness, compassion, empathy kind of values around them. And he enjoys it, but it's not like he is super, as super excited as when he like, for example, comes home and spends time with his girlfriend, his puppy, and they're out in nature, you know, um, or, or, you know, you know, playing sports and doing all these other things. But, um you know, I think there's a misnomer that you have to do whatever that is for a living. And that's not what we're saying here. It's just like, that now is the time to do more of what you love in or outside of work.
2: And I think it's important to be clear about what those things are. Um, what, what do you really love to do? What
3: really makes you happy to, to be doing it? Um, and I even went to that exercise
2: recently where I just wrote down a list of things that I enjoy doing that I genuinely
3: feel good when I'm doing them and not just things that I think should make me happy.
2: Mm. Um, and I think once you get really clear on that, it makes it a lot easier to block time, to block a week. Yeah. if You are you know, late to five or to, five, yeah. um, to to make the time for that. Because yeah. I think a lot of times people will get out of some sort of low energy situation that they're in all week, and they kind of don't really know what to do or where to go, and they haven't got really clear with themselves about what it is that makes them tick or what it is that makes them feel good. hmm <laughs>
3: I that the somebody you know, working at a job and they think I thought what really makes me happy is me I we're Yeah. covering really of It Yeah. So
2: I'd say one of the main things that I've re- learned recently is um, that I love fly
3: fishing mm-hmm.
2: um, for two main reasons. Uh, it's this whole, you know, almost a meditative practice where you're connecting with an, a whole system in, in a river. Um, and I love spending time with my cousin Anthony, who's a, a fishing guy. And I get to really be with him in his element. So it just I always feel really, really good. And I tell him all the time that I'm up in Northern California with him. There's nowhere else I'd rather be working right now. Mm. Um, so I'm really making an effort to do that more because I know that it's something that makes me happy. Um, another one is my, my movement practice. I, I love movement. My body feels the best.
1: Isn't that amazing? Movement. Yeah, right? I love movement. Whether it's, you know, yoga
2: or, um, you know, the stuff we're doing with the doll or, or whatever it is, um, making time for the things that are important to me and the things that really make me happy aside from the things that i think i should be doing because i did go through that time when uh, you know every friday and saturday it was about you know going out to eat drinks or mm. and i think that's the default for most people like, yeah
1: do, yeah this is what i'm gonna do now. let me just go get shit-faced or like yeah and i call that numbing though you know like not being aware of your true gut feeling like to me for me Um, I don't drink, yeah Um, I'm allergic to most alcohol but um, if I literally go to a bar and sit that to me is the biggest waste of time for my life I'd much rather be sitting here sipping on tea and having conversations with you guys or going on a walk Um, but to your point though I love that question Yoni because um, you know in your gut what feels good and what doesn't and you know like when you're like sitting sitting with someone at a bar and they're all they're doing is talk, you know you find yourself talking gossip or shit about other people, and you're not feeling good about it, you know, so I like it too somebody I, I had coffee with a younger uh person today um who's uh, you know just tapping into spirituality and whatnot, and one had some questions to ask me, and it was funny because I was like you know you know it's just so hard to listen to that gps i'm like actually it's hard and it's not if you want to make it hard uh the technology that we have around you makes us think we need an app or we need to like buy something that you know in our consumer based society um but really just listen to your gut if you're feeling stomach ache if you or uh, you know or if you are driving and you are too close to somebody You have that anxious feeling, it's the same anxious feeling you're having when you're probably going out to drink and you shouldn't be there. I mean, again, I know people who, I'm not shaming drinkers or drinking, but I know friends who, people who love going out and having a quick beer, you know, they're connecting, great. But, you know, there's also people who get sloshed and then are totally belligerent and, you know, which I see a lot of here. So it's about really tuning into that excitement You know, and I wish that I could just gift this excitement and this joy um, that I have when I'm doing my design work or telling stories or connecting with people who are giving back. Like right now, like we're talking and like this to me, I don't even know what time it is actually. I don't even, yeah, I'm not thinking about later, you know, and just being in that now. And that's when you feel like you're really in that lane, you know, your lane, not other people's lane.
2: I think it's because you've been honest with yourself about what makes you tick and what you enjoy doing a lot of people don't that's because, you know a lot of people like to go out for a beer or whatever but for some people that's the only thing yeah like hey it's the weekend like I don't know I'm not gonna go you know get the ropes out and go climbing this weekend or yeah. I'm
3: not gonna go get the water and go surfing or whatever it is it doesn't have to be some outdoorsy activity um
1: or reading yeah yeah for a lot of people. yeah
2: and it's you know their life becomes a series of Going to work. Yeah. And
3: having different flavored cocktails in different locations. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just don't think that's a really for
2: me it's not a super interesting story. And I think it's not fully uncovering what makes those people tick.
1: Yeah. But that's an interesting question. Um Alan Watts, um I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Alan Watts has, uh, he narrated this amazing video, uh, on YouTube, um, about what makes you tick. If you just YouTube, uh, search on YouTube. And it's so good because it essentially talks about, um, you know, what we're talking about here. Uh, but, um, one of the things that had, I wanted to mention earlier when you were talking about work, uh, Matt, uh, that's all, also aligned with this Alan Watts video. It's like, what makes you tick and why do we, continue to teach our kids to grow up, get married, work, you know, and then just like do the cycle work, go to sleep, go to work, go to sleep, go to work, go to, work, go to sleep. And um, instead of teaching them to find purpose and joy in what they're doing and then doing it for so, so, so much that they become masters at it, that people will pay you a fee to do it, you know, and then that you can create that impact and then live and there's that whole cycle. But um, you know, uh, I, like I said, I've experienced a lot of death. And I realized that, you know, there may not be a tomorrow, there may not be another moment, you know, and so I see this a lot in people who um, do work really, really, really hard, make a ton of money, and you put their family aside, they put their kids aside, the loved ones aside, their health aside, they work, 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 work. And when they get to their you know, older, older age and older, you know, golden years, for example, then they get so sick that even though all the money cannot, you know, rejuvenate their health. Um, maybe their husband or wife may have left them because they felt neglected because they didn't nurture, like you don't nurture a plant, it dies, right? Um, and then their kids don't know them, you know, and then it's, they're miserable. And then I know somebody else who is a uh, saved up all this money, school teacher invested, when I'm 62, no one's 63, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to retire early. I'm going to finally enjoy life. At 62, she got cancer and died. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, the route for most people. Yeah. yeah. neglecting themselves first. And I love, Yoni's so good about doing this. He's, he has to make sure that he takes care of himself, not in a selfish way, because his priority, his why, is his family. Yeah. He's about...
2: S D and now Lena. Yeah, and he says, like, if I'm not taking care of myself, if yeah, I'm not getting in movement. If I'm not eating right, if I'm not getting the right sleep, how am I going to show up and be the best dad?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's so much. That's so much uh, s- spiritual energy and life. Less so many life le- uh, lessons around that. Um, one of my favorite stories is Oprah says when she uh, hires somebody she likes to interview them and the question that she asks that people get hung up on is what is your spiritual practice and people are like whoa because when you throw the word spiritual around people get woo wooed you know they're thinking too woo woo or whatever and she's like look I, I i'm not you know i'm all i'm saying is how do you take care of yourself what is your practice to take care of you you know this body that houses your spirit right and um because she, she says because you know if you're not taking care of yourself, how will you take care of my company? It's the same thing, right? It's like, if you're not taking care of yourself, how are you going to take care of your wife and children? So it really is, it it sounds selfish, but you have to take care of you first. It's the whole oxygen mask idea, right? Oxygen on you first, so you can give the oxygen to other people. And if you're giving too much of your energy and your oxygen away, there's nothing for you. So I think, you know, really taking the time to feel what you're feeling when you're around people, does your adder, does your battery feel charged, or does it feel depleted? And if it feels depleted, you need to do some sort of course correction and like, xing people uh, or things out of your life that don't serve your higher purpose or your higher self. And that's hard to do. I mean, you know, I had to give up several best friends that I thought were my best. You know, they were best friends in a different chapter. You know, but now we're just you know, we don't have the same values anymore. So it's okay you know you're, you're you're where you're exactly supposed to be at so if you're listening to this and you're like oh man the time is now you better get up and do something boo <laughs> you know and like do it now
3: Oh, thank you. Yes. you can share you I think those are going to be so helpful for so many people to get inspired you can share, you know, where people can find you, have to, like, about
1: mmm so so Well, first and foremost, thank you for you know setting the space and the stage to share stories and to have these like real soulful conversations. Um, I will always take this with me, this gift with me. You know, you can buy something expensive or whatever, rare, whatever, but it's just not the same as having this like true connection with other souls in life you know that i'll always remember this and all the times that we do spend with one another um it's really simple you can go to go inspire go the acronym is gig and that's what we've been doing here you go to this it's a youtube you can it's a, it's a website but you'll see the youtube links all over the place there um but it's a go inspire go.com. A place where you could go, get inspired, and then go and get back. And that's where you'll find our hero series and now this um spirit uh call this spirit spiritual kind of series called uh style your spirit. Um so thank you for holding this space and this place, you know, in physically and inside of, of us. And you know, I just feel like my battery's like a busting out the seams right now and I need to go on a run. <laughs> It's all on goinspirego.com. Yeah. So you'll see it there, all there. And, um, when you go there too, you'll see the blogs there on goinspirego.com. But, uh, then you'll also see the YouTube channel. They're all like, you can't miss them when you go there. So all the videos and the series are all there, but just poke around. And I mean, well, if you designs really not your thing, um, uh, there's like hero stories. There's every single story I feel like I tell in all the videos that I create, um, will resonate with. Uh, with you if you are in search of wanting to be better and do better for your your spirit. (laughs) Uh, Go, inspire, go. It's all the same. It's all streamlined. Go, inspire, go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's funny that you, thank you for asking that. It's funny. You guys are all up in, uh, I love this, um, uh, because I, um, yeah, no, I love it. No, but the, the thing is, um, we are, re- so the website is going through sort of a restructure too, where I'm going to put like, where I can have one-on-ones with people and do workshops with people. At the moment, I've been traveling for the last year doing, um, speaking engagements, teaching, teaching nonprofits, how to tell their story to the media. Um, I, I do, um, sure. Tr- it's funny because I've been doing, um, interpersonal communication training for certain nonprofits and corporates, uh, where they, you know, for people who want to learn how to better tell their story or better present on the phone or in person, or just being able to connect with people on that deeper level. Um, I've always been obsessed with human communication. And if you, um, on, on this interesting note, if you think about, you know, going back to the why with, with Oprah and Apple, two of the biggest brands, You know that everybody knows about. And if I were to ask you guys, um, what is what's their mission? What's Oprah's mission? What's Apple's mission? What would you say? Just in a quick, uh, top top of your head. No, just I'll distill it down for you. But what are the two things that you think? What what are they known? What are you like? What what is their mission? What do you think? Okay. Mm, yes, uh huh. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So you see how difference between the answers, it's not just the technology. Cause yeah. Dell and all these other companies sell phones and sell computers and whatever. They have the same access, right? They have the same talent uh, or the access to talent. They have funding, right? But. Yeah, <laughs> But again, it's a, going back to the Simon Sinek thing. It's a why. But really, if you think about when you talk about Apple, if people think, oh, computers and phones and things like that, really. But that is just the vehicle, the vessel. But really, Apple is about connecting us to people and making easy and simple and and beautiful to connect with people. And with Oprah, oh, she you can say she's an actress, talk show host, philanthropist, all this stuff. But those are all just kind of vehicles, you know. Cause my Angelou asked Oprah, what is your legacy? What is your legacy? That's one of the most charged questions, right? And deep. And Oprah's like, well, uh, these girls in Africa that, you know, she has a school for girls in Africa and it's inspiring people. And she was like, no, the talk show, no. And she was like, what? And she was like, y- just uh, what the way I understand it is and the way I see it is Oprah is inspiring you, um, to be your best. And to, to, one of the things that, which is really amazing about her is that, like, to, to, uh, like, live your best life is her brand. But, uh, what's interesting about her is that she can have an A-list celebrity, like Julia Robertson, the A block or the first segment. The second block she can have, like, back in the day, she was, she had, like, uh, homeless LGBT transgendered you know, person, whatever. Right. And although they're two totally different people, demographics, and you might not be LGBT or celebrity or rich or famous or whatever, but um, she was able to connect with them and you in a way that you celebrated their triumphs and you felt their pain. And so really she is in the business of really connecting you to your higher self, you know, yeah. And so uh, my question is, you know, uh, you know, inspired by Maya Angelou. It's like, what is your legacy? Are you living it now? And if not, what can you do? That's what I asked uh, uh, after all my videos on the Hero series and Go Inspire Go. It's what can you do? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yes.
3: <laughs>
1: Thank you for being in this space and this place and bringing more beautiful energy here. Thank you so much
3: for and I say one more
1: thing that Matt and I put an
3: to talk to everybody that we're doing
1: thank you you, guys. Enjoy.